Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you are stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your front door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner done on the table in less than 30 minutes. And with over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. First of all, I've had HelloFresh. I love HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a staple in our home. They're very good meals. So if you've never had it, go ahead and give them a try. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Happy Friday. I hope that your week was of an amazing one. I hope you got all the things done that you needed to get done. I, for one, have still an enjoyably recovering from my surgery and enjoying that downtime. Um, This week it did pick up quite a bit with quite a few meetings that we had to get done. But listen, one thing about it is learning how to manage your time and managing your time well is one of those things that I feel like is my superpower. And we are going to talk to Alex today, who is going to talk about being and having superpowers and having a disability. I know that doesn't make sense, right? That you can talk about having a superpower being disability. One thing that I've learned in life is that our negative traits that we look to as negativity is always and can always be turned around for our very best. So we will have Alex on the show a little later today just to talk about what it is to have a learning disability and how as a kid she was able to diagnose and her parents were able to help her to get diagnosed and get the assistance that she needs. But there may be parents that are listening to this who may have a child that they believe may have some issues and are in a situation where their school district is not supporting them, their school district does not have the resources, or you may be an adult that has never been diagnosed and you are sitting there saying, I know something is up, I know something is going on with my life, but I cannot put my finger on exactly what it is. Today is your episode. And what if you don't have a disability? Does that mean that you can't tune into today's episode? Absolutely not. You can. The episode is going to empower you to look beyond the things that you feel is the worst of your entire life and use that to propel you to be your very best. So if you struggle with just trying to figure out your life and trying to figure out why you feel like you're in the dumps because you've struggled with something all your life, I know there's people who have dealt with all kinds of different sicknesses that are physically and they they enable them to not be able to do what they want to do. But mentally and emotionally, there's so many things that go along with that. So we got a little something for everybody on this today's episode. Um, 
It's Friday, so you know that means that on Fridays, I like to pour myself the most amazing wine. I have not done that in a while. One was last week with surgery, so I definitely gave myself a break on the wine because you cannot mix medications. I do not believe in that. And number two, I just have been taking a little bit of a five-second break, but I'm back at it. I want to, um, I'm going to have an amazing white wine today. One, because I'm not trying to go to sleep. Um, red wines just put me to sleep. Although they're great for your health and heart, I just need to limit my red wine. So today is going to be a white wine day. Um, Fridays is all about just making sure that we are doing whatever we can to enjoy our weekends. If you are finding yourself just literally just existing and you're not finding one activity that you can do in the weekends that's going to, you know, build you back up, you are definitely weekending wrong. Um, weekends are supposed to be where, where you rejuvenate and you get yourself back together. That may be in the form of sleep. That may be in form of being with your friends, whatever that may look like for you. Can we go ahead and tap into that? Cause we do way too much to just let life just completely happen. And so I want us to get back into the flow of making sure that we build ourselves back up. Nothing is worse than giving your entire life away and then realizing like, Oh, I have nothing to show for it. Um, today I'm actually going to a new exhibit that is here in Philadelphia. It's called Insta Philly. Um, it's going to be like, almost like, um, it's an interactive, like a photo immersion. That's what I would like to call it. Uh, they're located at 219 Market Street, and it's going to be the opening day for all of any influencers and or media. So you already would have had to pre uh, sign up for it or be invited. So I can't wait to do that today. But as well as today, I love to give you the national holidays. Today's national holiday is National Fresh Spinach Day and World Snake Day. Um, World Snake Day, I'm not here for snakes. I don't like snakes and any type of bit, but I enjoy and absolutely love um, dishes with spinach in it. I can eat spinach all day. Um, spinach is just one of those things. I love when you're like at a brunch and it has anything dish that has spinach in it. Count me in for it. And um, so I'm going to try to find a way to incorporate that into my dinner plans for today. And outside of that, I hope you have a good weekend. And I say that because we're going to get right into the episode. We're going to bring Alex right in. Tomorrow is National Peach Ice Cream Day. So if you are about your ice cream, go about that because Sunday is also National Ice Cream Day. So this should be an ice cream indulgence. I think I'm going to treat the kids to an ice cream Sunday day on Sunday just because why not? You only get to live once, right? So have a great, 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 great weekend. And let's get right into this episode. Alex Gilbert is a New Yorker, a Mets fan, a yogi, and a brunch enthusiast. She has dyslexia as well as ADHD. After spending her career working in her leadership development, she decided to start a consulting and coaching business that will help adults with learning disabilities and or ADHD like herself, who have been struggling in their careers their entire lives. Her business, Capable Consulting, and that's C-A-P-E dash Able Consulting, was created to help them navigate their day-to-day -day workloads so they feel supported and are able to reach their highest potential. Her biggest goal in creating Capable Consulting is to change the stigma surrounding learning disabilities, ADHD, by reminding people that they are capable and what they're capable of. So let's give no further ado, but welcoming Alex to Conversations with Toy. Thank you for being here. Let's take it away. 
So welcome to another edition of Conversations with Toy. We have Alex Gilbert with us today. She is super amazing. I'm going to let her give you the introduction that is comfortable to her, although you've heard the introduction that I've already given about how amazing that she is. And we're just going to have a good conversation and so that we can all learn. There's something that we all can learn. When I bring guests on the show, it's imperative that we all have this unique experience that we can bring together. So Alex, take it from there. Talk about yourself and what brought you here. Thank you so much for having me, Toy. I my My story really starts from around the time I was eight and I was really privileged and to be diagnosed with dyslexia and ADHD because of my parents' diligence and the fact that my parents had the means to be able to afford outside testing when our school district refused. So when I found out that I had dyslexia and ADHD and our school district was not going to provide any kind of services whatsoever, we were forced to kind of move to a different town. I had all kinds of resources all the way through college. And when I graduated from college, nothing like that existed. All of the resources that I had in in school, like having tests read to me and separate testing locations and all of those different elements, apples and oranges when you get to work. Nobody's holding your hand to help you figure out what to do. And even though I was an amazing advocate for myself, I was really struggling with my mental health, my well-being. And I I just felt like this can't be it. This if I'm the person who's supposed to do really well, there's a problem because I'm not doing really well. So I had worked in program and leadership development for about a decade and I was laid off from my job because of COVID. And I had had this idea of how I could help other adults with learning disabilities or ADHD. And finally said to myself, like, what am I waiting for? This is the time. So overnight, basically I have created what I'm calling capable consulting, which is Spelled, well, I'll say my way, C-A-P-E, Able Consulting, because I wanted people to feel like they were capable of accomplishing anything. What is the the biggest thing you you find when you're, one, we, we talked before this conversation about people and, and generally women who are not even aware that they, one, have an issue. So what are the, what are some, we know every person is different. What are some of the telltale ways that someone can tell that they're having a disability that they may not have never known their entire life? They're an adult, they're struggling in some type of way, and they think that there's something, quote unquote, this whole concept of something being wrong with them. How how would they know what is the things that they should be looking for if they're trying to discover what it is that they're struggling with? Yeah, I feel like this is a conversation I have every week because, again, women are very likely to be diagnosed when they were younger because I'll go with ADHD because I think that's the thing that gets most commonly misdiagnosed is there's three different types of ADHD. There's inattentive, which is usually like you might be a little spacey, you might be disorganized, you might not be whatever, but you're very bright and you can get by. So a lot of those are the girls who are not diagnosed. Um, hyperactive is what you think of when you think of ADHD and you think of these boys in class who are disruptive and, you know, they get diagnosed. And then there's somebody in between, which myself, I'm, I'm one of those, which is um, basically hyperactive and inattentive at the exact same time. So for girls, it's someone who is overly talkative, like really energetic, but then also can't pay attention at the exact same time. And you're thinking like, 
super outgoing. You know, you don't think about it. But what that looks like in an adult life is a little bit different than when you're thinking about it as a kid. And I think it really comes down to how you think, how you learn. And a lot of people say like, oh, well, I'm really burnt out. Burnt out is not the same thing as being someone who has ADHD. I would say there are a number of different factors that layer into this. For example, um, people who with ADHD have this ability to hyper-focus. Hyper-focus could be on work, which is amazing, or it could be hyper-focusing. You just spent three hours like Google searching something and ended up in a tunnel. You know, it, it's, it's like little, little things. But I think actually TikTok has brought a huge, huge awareness to people who have never thought of themselves as someone who has ADHD because they're showing the little intricate things that could be disruptive. Like I just posted this video from TikTok where this woman is looks really antsy and it's so subtle, but she's playing with her hair and she's, you know, she's tapping her pen and she's shaking and she's moving and she's, you know, it's, it's something as simple as that. What, what, what would a person need to, okay, they have this thought that they might have something wrong. They feel, or not necessarily something wrong, but they feel like they're dealing with something that they've never been able to get attention to. They don't know what the first steps are. How do we guide someone to say, okay, all the things that you said have now hit a red light. Like, I know that that's part of something that I've experienced. What do I do with that information? Like, how do I take it from hearing it to transforming it into getting the assistance or help that I need? And what does that even look like? You know, that's one of the funniest, most ironic parts about this, because people with ADHD have a tremendous struggle with follow through. And there are so many steps. Like, please, by all means, like make this harder for everybody who's like trying to get status. But um, a couple of things that you can do and what step goes first is really going to be dependent on what you feel like is the right step. Um, some of my clients have started with just going to therapy and talking about the fact that this is something that had never been diagnosed, how you've been feeling, how you might've been thinking about the fact that there was something different about you all this time and now you're discovering it. I mean, there's a, I think the last study I read was about 80% of people who have a learning disability or ADHD also suffer from anxiety or depression or some type of mental health issues. So some people start with therapy. Some people start with going to their general practitioner or their internist to talk about the fact that they might be diagnosed, they want to be diagnosed and who can they talk to um, as a psychologist or, and, and really get the diagnosis status. It's really going to be dependent on the person and where they are in the journey and how they're coming about this. And there is no wrong answer. I think what the most important part of this is validation for a lot of people. So it depends. What are some of the, so what are some of the systematic issues that you're finding with, you know, the journey that you're on and just helping other people? Because, you know, for so many, especially African-American and people who are in this disproportionate, you know, group setting that have these issues as a child, but are misdiagnosed, for instance, an example would be for me, not necessarily me personally, but I've noticed that there were kids in my class who, who appeared to be so disruptive, but reality of it is that they may have been dealing with 
um, some type of disability, but weren't able to verbalize that. So when they're looking as if they're combative, they're looking like they're disrupting the class, they're, they're struggling, but in their struggle, it's way to put a different energy or spin to it that they're being labeled as the, the, the bad kid. Um, you may have a parent that's listening to this right now and you're having your child say that, you know, you're having these, these, these issues, these, these disruptions. And a lot of times parents, I know that I'm a parent and sometimes parents don't realize just how any attention, any, anything that's being happened, whether good or bad is a sign of needing some of some form of assistance, but we're a little tone deaf to that sometimes. And so we'll just chalk it up to that kid is just a bad kid. When reality, it may actually be something a lot larger. How do we, how do you help a parent that may need, that's listening to this right now? And they're like, I get that, but I don't know what to do. I think that's one of the most frustrating problems that I see all the time. And I think that's the one that hits me in my gut more than anything, because the school district in which I was originally not being diagnosed was, you know, middle income family. There was a lot of, there was a lot of people of color. There was, it was everybody and there was no funding, which is why they were trying to say that there was nothing wrong with me and that they weren't testing and that they weren't going to provide all kinds of resources. And if you don't know what, if you don't know, you don't know. And then you, again, think of this, this myth. I mean, then the kids who, the people of color who get misdiagnosed is even greater than women, any other group. And it is, this is an issue. This is something that you're taking with you for the rest of your life. I would say for a parent, if you are noticing any type of maybe what you, what the school might qualify as misbehaviors or you might see as misbehaviors. I think it's really important to just listen to your kid and talk to them and, and let them express what it is that's frustrating and see where the pieces are missing. And that's, and then once you know, if they're old enough to really be able to figure out, even if it's something really minor, just to go back to my story a bit, my parents, I wouldn't say they didn't notice. They definitely noticed that I had trouble spelling and reading, but I was eight and said, I can't read. I mean, it was as simple as that. Your kid might be saying something as bold as that. And I would say, if you're listening to them, then you can figure out what to do. Sometimes it is going to the school district and those are huge battles to fight for to getting your kid the right resources and they're entitled to have those resources and that's really hard. There are different advocacy programs for school districts uh, outside of school districts that I would also look into. The earliest intervention you can do, the better off they're going to be because, you know, again, it's that psychological warfare too. If that kid is being seen as disruptive, they're also thinking they're disruptive and nobody cares. So listen. How does your business of capable consulting come in to help assist an adult, woman or male, whomever, of their potential? Because I think one of the greatest, the one of the greatest joys is realizing your potential, but one of the also Mm -hmm. the greatest hurt and pain is not realizing your your greatest your greatest potential. So if you're already feeling like you can't do it 
you can't get stuff done. You're not able to get to this level that you want to get to. How does your, how does your business and what you do tie into that? I mean, that's also part of why I came up with the name of capable consulting is because one, I wanted people to know that they were capable Two, I spell things wrong, which I already said, but three, I wanted people to see their abilities as superpowers because there are so many abilities that someone with learning disabilities or ADHD have that other people don't. I went on my first, one of my first interviews after college, I was talking to whoever was interviewing me and she said, do you know how to multitask? And I started laughing at her thinking she was joking. And she goes, why are you laughing? And I, and I said, wait a second, people don't know how to multitask. And she said, no. And it was the first time in my in my entire life that I thought, what oh, if something that other people aren't, especially when I've been told all of my life, I was good at nothing. Even, you know, I scraped by and I was able to do things, you know, there are little things that you don't even know that you're really good at. And I would say the things that you're really good at come naturally to you, but we're trying to fit in somebody else's box for success always. And that's where the struggle comes in. You know, if you set yourself up to say, these are my expectations for myself and you can achieve them, it's different than when somebody else is putting that status. I would say, take note. What are you naturally good at? What is something that you feel comfortable doing that others don't? I mean, a lot of people that have ADHD or um, dyslexia or anything like that, like I have, are great storytellers. They are unbelievably creative. They think out of the box. They're unbelievable problem solvers. They can simplify things much quicker than everybody else. I mean, Part of that is environment or the fact that they've had to reinvent the wheel a thousand times, you know, but part of that is just how they think. And that's what I try and nurture. And that's what I try and pull out of people, help them learn about themselves so that they do know what those special unique qualities are. Set the tone for me. What would be, so what's like, what's the first meeting with you? Like, what are the things that you're you're accomplishing right off the bat with the people that you're meeting with and, and talking with and trying to engage with, what does that look like? So there's two different pieces of this I'll say. I, I do something called, um, it's a three, it's a 30 minute free um, declutter your mind session. And that's when you basically do a brain dump. I just have so many things on my plate. I don't know how to, how to deal with it. Help me think it through. And we talk about all of these different pieces and what they've tried, what hasn't worked, you know, all of those different things. And I try and just listen to what they're saying, but listen to what they're not saying and how they're, how they're going about their day, how they're trying to, again, fit into somebody else's box and not their own. Um, but what I really do with my coaching clients is I, I call it getting to know you. And it's really about taking the time to get to know you because you've been pushing so hard to fit into somebody else's box. You might not know how you think or you learn or you organize. And I, I coach based on this philosophy of best principles versus best practices. Best practices assumes everyone could do the exact same thing and end up with the same result, which doesn't work. So I try and go on best principles, meaning we have the same goal and how we get there is going to be up to you. Can we, figure out 
how you think, how you learn, how you organize, how you want to feel at the end of the day so that we can create that because that's what's going to be sustainable and attainable long-term. So my next question is going to be more about yourself. How do you, with all the things that you've gone through, the things that you're learning about yourself all the time, what are your, what are your self-care go-tos? Like, how do you take care of you? Because you're, you're helping clients reach their potential. You're tapping them into their, their own potential so they can become greater and better. How do you take care of you? It's really funny. I think my answer would have been very different a couple months ago than it is now. Um, I was really stressed out in every job I have ever had to the point where I, I mean, I was suffering from depression and I just couldn't keep myself together. And that was someone who was ultra busy and doing yoga four days a week. And, you know, that was my center. And I would have said I was doing great. I have now learned about myself as in helping other people learn about themselves I don't really like structure. I have created my own business and I work around what, how I feel and what my best time is for working and all of those other things. I am following the flow of how I think. And that is the best stress reliever I have ever done for myself. In, in theory, working for myself could be the most stressful thing you've ever done. I think every other job I've ever had was the most stressful jobs I've ever had. This is built around me. And so I'm not as stressed. And yes, I'm still doing yoga like four days a week, but now I can actually take the time because I'm doing yoga at the points of the day where I feel I need it as opposed to this is the only time I have. So um, it's, it's listening to yourself is really the best thing I've ever done. It's interesting because I was reading on LinkedIn the other day, this was about, I want to say a day or two ago, where they're saying that companies are now trying to cut the nine to five and allowing um, their workers to basically do the same thing you're doing, where you determine the greatest time that you're able to then be at your best. So they're, they're cutting the whole nine to five and basically focusing on getting the job done and then doing it the way that makes sense to you so that people are not tied to this, this thought process of, I have to be at work at nine. I have my lunch at 12 and then I leave my job at five because like you said, and I know for me, um, since working for myself too, it's one of the best things ever because I don't like, I, not that I don't like, I, I'm actually very well dealing with structure, but I like the ability to structure my, my own time. And so a lot of people are moving away from that traditional thought process of that nine to five. I love that. I actually read something similar. I think it was happening in like Sweden or something. We're also yeah. like cutting the amount of days. I think that's actually one of the things that has come out of the pandemic of people working from home that I think has been unbelievably positive. And that's the other part of my business that I'm doing is, is working with companies to try and make it much more inclusive for everybody because of things like that not everybody can work in this nine to five structure. And I think a lot of people, when they were working from home, some people who had learning disabilities or ADHD really struggled because they couldn't figure out the structure for themselves. And, and, you know, that was really hard and others flourished because they could work at different times and nobody was standing over them to say, what are you doing? If you took two hours in the middle of the day and you went for a walk and you, you know, you did your errands, whatever, if you were able to get more work done at a different point, like why did it matter? You know, 
think it's just so good for mental health too, to just be able to not feel that pressure of it has to be done at exactly the same time. Who set that up? We have a lot of stress on our own lives to try to put everything into a, a defined method. Like, you know, you're alert, you know, when you, when you become a parent or, or you get married, they tell you, you have to do marriage a certain way. You have to do, do parenting a certain way, because in order for it to be successful, you have to do it your way, you know, this, this way. I, I think one of my friends said this to me, um, my husband was talking about like they were about to have another kid. He's like, Oh, were you supposed to do this? And he said, take the word supposed to out of your, out of your language. There is no supposed to everyone's doing what they need to. It's like, it's, it's not a useful word. And I was like, you're right. It's, it's so true though. Cause this supposed to thing is really de- <laughs> detrimental. It's, it puts again that 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 pressure, and some people have this this thought process that we're, what's the word? I want to find the most appropriate way to say this, but they'll say things like, you know, we have this generation of people who kind of just want to do their own thing, and so you know, they don't want to do things the way that it needs to be done. But I want to say to that is that it's not necessarily about creating a generation who doesn't want to do things at a certain time or just doesn't want to structure. I think what happens is, is that this is a generation and I'm hoping that it gets better where people start realizing what it is that they need and they're not afraid to ask for it. And the same issues of not having self-care and not being about mental health that generations before us have struggled with, I would hope that we're getting better at teaching the next generation and beyond to, to dive into that because you could be the, and you see it all the day, every day, you see multimillionaires that have all the money, they have all the, the things, they have all the structure, and then they end up not being, you know, happy within themselves because everybody is telling them the things that everybody needs to do. I think people can define what it is that they want to do on their own. I think we're highly intelligent enough to know what we need. That's kind of what I try and get to is once you get to know yourself, you can advocate for yourself and actually get what you need if you know how to speak about it in the in the best way for you so I totally agree wholeheartedly yeah so I'm, I'm hoping that more people will understand that and I'm also hoping that from this particular conversation that one people understand that whatever that they were struggling with that there could just possibly be an answer to it that it's not just I'm a failure. I'm not capable. I'm not able to do these certain things. So now I just don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And, and I I would hate for someone to struggle their entire life and feel like they're never going to be able to accomplish something just because they've had a, a, a bad, a lot of bad apples in their lives who then who've told them and fed them this negative perception of who they are, because that's not who you are, like the worst, even the worst of whatever you think you are is not the end or the worst of you. And and there's so many valuable parts of people. And I want people to tap into that. I, that's exactly why I'm doing this is I, I just don't want people to feel like they're alone or any of those things, you know, all of the qualities that I mentioned are huge benefactors and benefits of, of to companies, to the world. I mean, some of the most brilliant people in the world have dyslexia and ADHD and you don't even know like Barbara Corcoran and and Albert Einstein had it and Octavia Spencer has dyslexia I mean like you literally could go into any industry 
and someone has some kind of a learning disability or ADHD or has something that's different about them. And if we didn't, we wouldn't have change. And it's that's boring. True. That's very true. Well, I want to thank you for having this conversation. Let the people know how they can find you, um, what you're offering and all of those things so that it goes from listening to this podcast into fruition of helping them become capable people because they are. Thank you. Yeah. So you can find me again. I spell CAPE, C-A-P-E, able, capable consulting. Um, so you can find me at capableconsulting.com or capable consulting LLC on Facebook and LinkedIn. And then on Instagram, it's I am capable the same way C-A-P-E able. So find me there. Again, I do a free 30 minute declutter your mind session and then also offer one-on-one coaching sessions and consulting for companies. So come find so me. So there you, there you have it. So if you're listening and you're wondering if this is for you, if you even have thought that it's for you, it's probably because it's for you. Um, I would just go ahead and go ahead and get that 30 minute consulting and then go further from that. Because again, the worst thing you can have in your life is not feeling supported, not feeling heard and not feeling like you matter. And we all know you matter. We all know that you are most definitely capable of anything. And this is the time. Um, if there's never been a time ever in history, ever, 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 ever in history to tap into the capabilities that you have, the time is now. The, the time to map out who you are, what you want to be is right now. So go ahead, hit up Alex and make sure that you get your 30 minute session and that way you can start that process, that journey. Because remember, life is all about a journey. All the things that we've ever gone through are a part of our story and a part of our journey. But we get to make our own decisions about how we want that life to fuse itself. So hit up Alex, do those things, and make sure that you um, become more um, able to figure out what it is that you want to do in this life. So what did you think? I honestly believe that Alex is a godsend. I'm hoping that everyone, again, who was listening, who was listening and heard what she had to say about her capable, capable consulting will actually go ahead and dive into her services, making sure that you tap into whatever you may need, because again, life is already hard enough. So having the ability to figure out what it is that you need is key. There are so many of us who go through our entire lives struggling with who we are, how we got to the places that we have gotten to, what do we do once we have arrived where we are at the, our current state. And some of that is filled with greatness. You're grateful for what you, where you are at. You know where you've come from, even though you're not where you want to be. You know, you're not where you used to be. However, there are times when we have resentment because we spend so much time. It feels like we spend forever trying to figure out our lives trying to figure out our next step, trying to figure out what we're going to do. And if you are having those struggles and you're accompanying that with the struggle of not realizing that I just have a learning disability, I have dyslexia, I have ADHD, I have ADD, whatever it is, you may feel like, man, look at all that time that I've wasted where I could have been at my greatest potential. But what I have come to be a firm believer of, one is that when you become to the realization of what's going on and then you make that step to find a way to either fix what's happening or find a way to move and maneuver your life through it, you haven't really wasted time. Everything was ordained for you to be where you're supposed to be. And that's a struggle. It's a hard struggle because in your mind, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas are always going to be there. What could have become if I would have known? 
all those years that I was being, being made fun of, I could have become a lot better had I just had some more help. And like Alex said, when you're in college, I think that's like your last ditch effort at that point. You know, and I won't say your last, but I'll say the, the part of effort where, you know, you'll have someone there that can help you assist you with your homework and how to study and how to become better. But once you get into what's quote unquote the real world, there is no one that's going to necessarily hold your hand or assist you. But you have Alex. You can get that 30 minute consulting and see what it is that she has to offer. And it may be the stepping stone to opening up this greatness that you've been waiting your entire life for. There are people who just don't know what to do, right? And it's a shame for people who, when they know what to do and they don't do, but how many of us have struggled and just didn't have a clue? Didn't know what to say, didn't know how to bring forth the things that we needed in our life. And so this could be one of those tools. Again, everything in life is about having the tools that you need in your bag that's gonna help you to become better. Sometimes we think we need a lot of friends and a lot of family, we need a lot of things, but sometimes you just need the right tools. The right tools will make and break the difference. And so if you were listening today and anything ignited in you where you're like, this is for me, this episode you know, that I listened to was not by accident, let me just explain this to you. There is absolutely nothing that actually happens by accident. I believe everybody is brought into each other's circle for a reason and for a purpose. And that purpose would be to encourage you to be a little bit better than what you have been. That, that, that it's there to help you to become whoever you choose to be. In this world, we have choices. And in those choices, sometimes in those choices, there are things that are being made for us. And there are times when we just need someone to help us, help us to see the light. And so when that light bulb comes on, this is your chance. This may be your light bulb. So remember, whatever the worst of you that you thought you were, that you believe you are, that you just have told yourself that this is who you are. There's nowhere else you can go. There's no positivity can come in your life. I am a living witness. Alex is a witness that Anything that you have in your life can always become better. You can become the better version of yourself every single day that you wake up is a choice. So if you need that extra help, that extra push, consider getting in contact with Alex so that you can get that. On a lighter note, I wanna say thank you to everyone who has been sending their thoughts and prayers. I think I said it last week for, that I was having surgery. I've had that surgery. I am feeling a ton better. I'm gonna become better. Um, and one of the things that I've learned during this downtime, I always learn something in downtimes. Isn't that funny how we learn something in our downtime? The downtime never feels good for whatever reason. This happens to be a physical downtime. There's times when I've had spiritual downtimes. I've had emotional downtimes. And as much as I complained, quote unquote, through them, or I didn't like the feeling and the uncomfortableness of downtimes, the one thing about downtimes is if your ear is listening and your heart is open, you'll always hear a lesson. And I enjoyed the fact of just learning that there's nothing that I can't do. And in that was learning to allow other people to do for me. A lot of times we're on go 24 seven and we never take that time to really discover what it is that other people can help us in. And I know I love to do things on my own. I don't want no one's help. I got this, I don't need it but we all need each other. We all need each other's help. So during this downtime, I've been experiencing that. And I love the fact that you also get to see where other people are in their journey too, because when you slow down a little bit, you can see things happening around you that you're not always aware of. Sometimes we're on go 24 seven and we never take that five seconds to breathe. 
So if you're experiencing a downtime in your life, whether that's emotional, mental, physical, know that that downtime is ordained. I promise you that it's going to bring forth something absolutely amazing in your life if you're open to it. I've had many downtimes in my life and I've had times where I've cried about those downtimes. I've had times where I felt like those moments took me out for years. It took me out for weeks. It took me out for months. But one thing about tables, they always turn. And if you're diligent in, the, in your business, if you're diligent about becoming stronger, if you're diligent about becoming a better version of yourself, those hard times, those down times always reveal where you are. They show you how strong that you are. When I used to tell myself, oh my gosh, I'll never make it through this. There's no way. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so disappointed in myself. I can't believe I allowed this to happen again, especially like when, when I was like dating in my 20s and I was kind of like, you know, carefree and living my life all crazy. I was like, I'll never be able to get through this. I can't believe I allowed myself to be, you know, to, to go through this again. I can't believe I allowed that person to talk me into that. I can't believe I allowed myself to get myself into whatever it is that I had gotten myself into. When I look back at 40, at the things that I was struggling with at 20, I'm one, I'm grateful. Because again, no matter what you have gone through, it's always a gratefulness when you can look back. And I'm grateful for those moments. But then I kept saying to myself recently, like all those times I kept saying I wasn't going to get through it. This is why I believe there's so much power in your voice, that there's so much power in your tongue. And when you say, you have it. So I don't tell myself anymore, like I'm not going to get through that. But do you know how long it took me to get to that place where I could see myself accomplishing the very worst of things and now I know better? You might be in a situation where you're not sure, right? You may not know better. You might just be literally just struggling. Just listen to me very clearly. I promise you, you're going to get out. There's always a way of escape. There's always a way to come out. And it may struggle, it may hurt for a long time, but I promise you that pain and that hurt and that struggle that you feel is so well worth it. What you can do is in the meantime, take care of yourself. Find a way to eat better. Find a way to take care of your mental. Find a way to get spiritually grounded. Find a way to, to, to get your reading back up to par. Get your journaling back up to par. Get into some therapy. Whatever you need, tap into that stronger when you're going through your worst things. Because everything in life was going to come to try to take you off of your position, take you off your post. And in the midst of all of that, you have to remember, you got to take care of you. You can take care of everybody else around you, but if you don't take care of yourself, you are not going to be any good to anybody that you are supposed to help to service. You can't be a great mom when you're struggling to take care of yourself. Now you can do both, but you got to put that emphasis back into you. You can't be worrying about being a good wife when your mental is all messed up because how are you doing something for somebody else and you can't tap in for the things of yourself? Remember, you're not supposed to put yourself last. I used to think that. The second I became a mom that I put myself last. Yes, I take the priority of my children extremely seriously. But what I've also learned is that I'm also worthy of the same priority. And if I learn to take care of me, it's like going on that plane and putting that oxygen on myself first. I can then assist the people that are around me. But we do things backwards. We want to assist everybody and then we leave ourselves last. Change the priority. If that priority is getting help, then make yourself that priority. And I promise you, life will not fall apart just because you made other people the second. Making yourself first is going to help you. So have a great weekend. Have a great day. It's Friday. Yay. We're so excited for Fridays. Fridays are always amazing. I'm going to tell you that one right now. 
Fridays are always amazing because it allows us to know that whatever we went through this week, we found a way to get through it. And so we wanna make sure that we go ahead and take care of our, ourselves and our needs. Um, special happy birthday to Alex. And I hope you all have a great, 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 great weekend. Rejuvenate, read something, take a rest, take a walk somewhere, enjoy some sun. Whatever you need to do for yourself, go ahead and tap yourself in and get that done. We'll see you next week. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.